Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Emma. If you love the Dead Prank podcast, you can help support its future using the ACAST supporter feature. Now, it's up to you how much you give and there is no regular commitment. So if you can and you want to, please do hit the link in the show description to support now. Thank you. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, welcome to the Dead Prank Club podcast, a community of like-minded young adults who are all grieving a similar loss. I'm Catherine Hooker and I speak with inspirational people from all over the world whose lives have been impacted from losing a parent at a young age. In this podcast, our guests will tell their own grief story, discussing how their losses have impacted their lives and the past they have found themselves on. We laugh, we cry, but together we've come to realise that we are far from alone in our own grief journeys. Hi guys and welcome to another year of the Dead Prank Club podcast. I continue to be completely astounded that this podcast started at the tail end of 2018 and now we're in 2021. Like holy shit. Um, I never imagined that it would be here for this long. I don't know, you know when you start something and you don't really see like the longevity of it at the time and here I am. And yeah, it's 2021. Chaos. Like on that note, wanted to say a unbelievably huge thank you to all of you that tune in and listen to this every week and say hello to any new listeners as well. Um I'm just absolutely honored that I get to share your stories and that I get to do this on a platform that so many of you find helpful. Um and it just helps you feel less alone in your grief. So thank you so much to all of you. If you have anything in particular that you'd like me to cover on this podcast, if you have any ideas for any guests that you think I should try and get onto the podcast, um, I want to make this as useful for you as possible. So any ideas, big or small, throw them my way, just drop me an email or a DM on any of the social media platforms in the show notes. Um, and I'll get back to you because, you know, if I do want to make this as good for you as possible. So and anything bad as well, any negatives, tell me, anything. <laughs> um, so from that, I have been so excited to share this episode that I recorded with Anne just before Christmas because I am obsessed with her and her page, Grief Kid. If any of you haven't seen it, go right now and search Grief Kid on Instagram because you won't be disappointed. Um, the absolute value that she's, she is providing to this grief community is just astounding. And in this episode, you'll hear Anne talk about the loss of her mum as a teenager and, as she finally started to find her feet in her grief, her brother. So we talk about how she processed and reacted to both of these huge losses and how it was different and where she found support. And of course, Anne tells me about where the idea stemmed from for Grief Kid and how she's finally running her space in the online grief community. Honestly, this was one of those conversations where I felt like I'd made a good friend by the end of it. Um, she was just so lovely to record with. 
And you know, you just talk to those people and they just give you a smile the whole time you're talking to them. Um, I just think you guys will find so much value from this and I just think it's amazing that she's doing something so positive with everything that's happened. So thank you, Anne, for coming onto the podcast. Thank you, you guys, for listening to the podcast. Here's to a fuckload of gratitude in 2021. I hope you enjoy. Okay, well, welcome to the Dead Parent Club podcast, Anne. Thank you for having me. It's my absolute pleasure. Um, If you wouldn't mind, just as an intro, um, telling our listeners who you are and a bit about yourself. Of course. So, yeah, my name's Anne and I'm 28 years old. And I currently run an Instagram account called Grief Kid. Um, Grief Kid is a cartoon series of a little girl with an orange cape. And she's exploring kind of different themes and topics surrounding grief. And it was kind of my way of expressing my journey and my grief. And um, yeah, it's been really interesting. And I've met a lot of people on Instagram through this. And well, I suppose a bit about my story. I lost my mum when I was 14 um, and to cancer, to breast cancer and secondary lung cancer. And then three years ago, I also lost my brother to bowel cancer. Mm. Um, So yeah, that's kind of the highlight or the Top level <laughs> the low light, the <laughs> summary of the low light in my in my life. So, yeah. Um. Well, I think I suppose a nice thing to do would be tell me more about your mum and like what was her name, what was she like, and obviously you know it's a dead parent club, but your brother must have paid made it like a huge kind of impact in your own grief journey as well. And I think it would be lovely to kind of give him some room here too. Yeah, definitely. Um. So my mum was called Margaret and she, I think, you know, most people would say, you know, their mum's the best mum ever or their dad's the best dad ever. But she honestly was the kindest, warmest, loving person ever and Mm. just filled me with so much love and kindness myself. And yeah, she was just, she was just incredible. And I always felt safe and protected and that she would do anything for me. Mm. And we had a really close relationship. It was just me, my brother, my mum and dad, um, and then lots and lots of extended family, cousins, aunts, uncles, big Irish mm. family. But it was just Love. the kind of four of us in the house. Mm. Um, and yeah, it was, she she was quite a worrying character. And I think that, that also rubbed off a bit, but she just worried about everyone else. It wasn't her, it was making sure I was okay. My brother was okay my dad was all right and anyone else that ever needed help she'd be there to help and would give up anything she had to make sure someone else was okay so yeah a really lovely lovely woman um but yeah she got diagnosed with breast cancer when I was in my last year of primary school and I remember her coming to me being like yeah I've, I've got a lump in my breast and I was like well we have to go to the hospital and we had such a close relationship that it was me and her kind of at first going through this. And then once obviously it, she found out more, she, you know, told everyone else and got support, lots of support from our family. Like everyone was really incredible. Um, and she went through the chemo, lost her hair, had surgery. There was lots of visits to the hospital. I remember decorating a Christmas tree with the nurses one year and actually they were all so lovely to me because I was quite young at that age and maybe a bit more easy to interact with being that young yeah um and 
yeah, just going to the hospital with her for chemo and learning lots about cancer. Because at first I was like, well, cancer, that's a really bad word. That means she's going to die. And oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And then I slowly learned, actually, no, people can recover from cancer as well. And she did, she recovered and she had a few years where she was cancer free and we kind of were moving forward with that as that's going to carry on like she, mm. she's now cancer free but unfortunately a few years later it did come back um and had spread to her lungs and mm. I was 14 at the time and it was just there were no options for treatment then it was just we can't do anything there's no point in doing yeah. anything apart from just helping you live with it until you pass away so I we, swear it always comes back like with a vengeance like yeah why yeah. is that because <laughs> like the same thing happened like with me like my mum had cancer she got the all clear and literally six months later no. she had a checkup and they were like you're terminal like it's God. it's so confusing and it's like have they did they miss something the yeah. first time like could it not could they not have found this sooner it's I thought that must have been such a huge thing to carry on your shoulders as like an 11 year old when all that happened and like like most 11 year olds don't even know what cancer is really do they you know we're not really we're not kind of in that world at all especially when we're so young but then to have literally lived through that with your mum it must have been huge yeah definitely I think like a lot of people would know like a grandparent or a friend of the family or someone that was a bit more maybe distant or something but like having it be my mum I was just like this is just really like why is she she's too young like she shouldn't be going through Mm -hmm. this but obviously no one at any age should have to go through cancer but yeah it was just it was just really hard to yeah to watch her suffer like that from Mm -hmm. such a young age and when so when she yeah it came back as lung cancer I kind of helped her with like I'd she had a wheelchair and oxygen tanks and things so I'd help her go to the shops and like pushing her around I remember one day I accidentally kind of tutted at someone in the way Mm. and they kind of had a go at me and I was like I'm really sorry I'm just stressed and then I got really upset and they came back and were like sorry I'm also stressed I've had a bad day and I was like well I'm having a bad day too my mum's got cancer (laughs) and I'm pushing her in a wheelchair like I'm sorry I tutted I didn't mean to I was just stressed and just things like that that just I don't know they really stick in your mind when you look Mm -hmm. back um but like you said I think it's it's so important for people to be aware before they've ever got cancer of the signs and symptoms but there's something even more once someone has cancer once for them to be really aware in case it comes back but I do feel like actually you kind of trust that if you're being checked up or you've just been told six months prior it's gone that 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 the hospitals or the doctors would know would be able to catch something like that sooner like you're in the system you should be able to I don't know the screening should catch something within six months and it should be terminal by that point like how is that possible and it does it does worry you and make you concerned at like you know doctors used to be saviors and and Mm. magicians when I was a child they were I don't trust (laughs) exactly they could do everything and now I'm like oh you're just human Mm, (laughs) which is fine like that's fine no one's capable of controlling everything in this world but I think it's just I've definitely learned you can't just trust one opinion or 
the fact that you've got it all clear a few months ago, you mm. can't rely just on that and you have to be really aware and kind of proactive. Yeah, and if you think something's wrong, like don't just see one person. If you continue to like not think that they're right, see another one, see another one, see another yeah. one. Like I just think, you know, not like you'll hear one thing from one person, another from somebody else. I think it's important that you kind of keep pushing if you don't, if you feel like something's not right. Um, so when obviously your mum passed when you were 14 and you were in high school and high school is such an intense time anyway but like who did you lean on for support then like were your friends there to talk to I can imagine it being really difficult to have open and honest conversations about grief at such a young age definitely and I think like now it is a bit of a blur but I definitely I remember everyone being there and wanting to do as much as they could and you know buying teddies and giving me all the hugs and checking in at the time and everything and trying their best and lots of family visiting regularly and even a family friend would come around really often like a set routine kind of once a week just to have dinner with us and actually I was at home with just my dad and brother so lots of male company but actually it was nice to have a female kind of come around and yeah but... have that presence and and I yeah like I said my aunt my cousins and stuff were all I didn't feel alone in terms of there being people there but I felt so alone in what I was going through like I couldn't I didn't know how to talk about it and I felt like people didn't want to maybe they didn't want to upset me or they also just didn't know how to talk about it without upsetting me and they might have thought that was better than like it was better not to talk about it and upset me than it was to brush it under the carpet yeah I don't know I'm well, not making much sense but yeah no I completely get you I just and I think after a few weeks like I actually went to school I went back to school the next day because I just didn't know what else to do and mm. it was kind of I don't know there was just this mentality to kind of get back to as near to normal and return to school and and just get on with things and I don't know no one really suggests ways to I suppose keep that person part of your life or yeah how to like deal with grief because everyone obviously deals with it differently um but obviously at that age I didn't really know much about death or I hadn't really known anyone else to die lots of my friends like I actually don't know anyone from kind of my well when I was 14 that had a close person die so there was no one to really talk about it with that was in the same position so I just felt really alone and I can't yeah no one no just no one really talked about her like in passing the odd time but didn't really check in beyond a few weeks or months um and we just we just got on with life like that was it mum passed away and yeah I don't know it's just I feel like one of the one of the biggest things about grief as we get older is like we we really kind of realize the importance of like being aware that that person did exist and they were alive and they were like a huge part of our lives so like it mustn't have been until you were a lot older then that you must have kind of like acknowledged that a little bit more maybe like acknowledged that presence of like your mum was like a person and you kind of miss talking about her definitely I think you really notice in those few years like all the kind of mum jokes or the oh I'm gonna go check with my mum this question or I'm going shopping mm. with my mum or it's Christmas and our family are together and all the things they really stand out and it's really hard 
to not be jealous because mm. you want that too and it's a really normal teenage thing um and also it's really hard to talk about it because yeah no one no one's really going to relate to it and so you just you just carry on you just keep going and that was what I did and meanwhile I was quite like quite anxious that you know was there something I could have done to to prevent this or to help her or you know is are more people going to get ill and I was naturally like my mum a bit of a worrier or a bit like shy sometimes but the anxiety definitely took hold a bit more because I probably wasn't so honest to people and I didn't talk through the fact that I was worried I impacted on her death I was worried that oh if I behave better I wasn't so annoying or I didn't ask for so many things in the shop so you know like because at 14 I still was a child like I was still like oh my god massively you get shops out of nowhere (laughs) I think I still do yeah (laughs) that's true yeah it was it was just and I didn't want to tell anyone those things because I felt embarrassed by them and yeah it was just lots of thoughts that I just pushed away and it wasn't until I went to uni that I I think having so many new people that I kind of had to say, oh, actually, no, my mum's passed away. Because up until that point, everyone in my life knew me when it happened. Mm. Um, and, you know, you go to uni and you start drinking and actually that affects a little bit of oh, your God, like, yeah. mental health that you don't realise. And I think I, mm. I've only really realised that now, how much that probably did make me a bit more paranoid or anxious because of the drink. And, mm. you know, I wasn't a wild drinker at all, but a standard few drinks at uni. Um, and yeah, I just remember being quite anxious about things that maybe weren't actually that relevant, but it must've been kind of, I was worrying about other things or I was still green. It was just coming out like that. And it was actually, I met, um, a really close friend and she asked me about my mum in a way that like a lot of people hadn't and really wanted to know about her. And I was just like what like why like she's dead like I don't talk about her anymore why are you asking me these things and I think that really opened up the fact that it was a thing that happened she was dead but I still needed space to think about her and not just inside my own head that's amazing um so I went to counseling and I did some art therapy and I kind of explored why I was anxious and why I might feel different and struggle um and be kind of a bit low in confidence around people and things like that because actually I was developing at a time that life had been kind of thrown up in the air by losing her that I felt just really unstable so So much uncertainty yeah so that really helped and I kind of felt like I went through that grieving process actually more probably at uni than I did at the time and I probably had that space away from home to do that as well Mm. um so by the end of kind of uni or like a few years after I felt like I'd actually I'd accepted that she died and I could talk about her a bit more without it being so hard but I still didn't know anyone else that had really lost anyone or I didn't have a community or many spaces I just had enough and it was okay because actually it wasn't so raw and yeah it was all kind of going okay as it could be at the time yeah and then obviously Your my brother gets diagnosed <laughs> oh my god I honestly cannot imagine like you know, that that grieving process as a young really young teenager 
it's so long to get to a point where you can notice where you could have had more help and you start to like kind of like you know heal yourself or find tools that can help you grieve or whatever when you're an adult and then you just get thrown under the bus again like yeah I can only imagine how hard that must have been definitely and I think like grief doesn't just affect that one relationship with the person you lost but Mm. it affects every relationship and it certainly affected the relationship with my brother and with my dad and other friends and family like it can't be the same like your life is like our family bubble was not the same so going forward our relationships weren't going to be the same and yeah me and my brother were kind of we were 10 years apart and we were quite different but we were so like we were those siblings that had each other's back regardless like we would always be there and he actually said to me when mum passed away and I remember it so clearly like don't worry I'll always look after you and it was more we looked after each other because he was quite poorly throughout his life and we argued loads like (laughs) siblings do and it was stressful because we we were both processing mum's um well the fact that she had died in our own way which made us probably clash a little bit more as well than we would have if she wasn't if we didn't have this massive thing yeah, to do of with course, understandably. stressing us out because mm. they were really close as well mm. um and so yeah it, it it was it was kind of stressful and it was actually again by the point that he got diagnosed we probably just about started talking about it and being a bit more open with each other about our own struggles how we both had seeked support and were really struggling with it and that and we recognized it probably did impact each like how we treated each other and things but yet we we were the close we were the close he was the closest person I had and vice versa and it meant a lot to me that he saw me as still the closest person in his life because I always felt really bad that we had a we had some challenges but yeah obviously that would yeah it's natural after what had happened Mm. um did you like after your brother passed was it like a very like different type of grief that you were feeling that at that point do you think it was even more like heightened like just like two such huge losses or do you think that you'd kind of develop the tools at that point to kind of be able to navigate it a little bit more better if that's the right way of putting it (laughs) yeah it was kind of both so I think they passed away very differently so my mum it was quite sudden that um even though she was terminal and she was progressively getting worse, she we still thought she would have months. Like she yeah. hadn't got that bad. But one day she, um, when I got home from school, she had she was in hospital. She had to stay overnight, and everyone thought, oh, she'll be home by the weekend. It's okay, and she'll hopefully make it past Christmas, which was in a few months. Um, but unfortunately, the next morning I got called out of school and went to the hospital, and a few hours later she had passed. So we never really got to say the goodbyes even though we knew she was terminal because it was Mm -hmm. sudden Mm. whereas with my brother he was actually in a hospice for a few months and wow we really got to say goodbye multiple times (laughs) um to the point we were like is he actually gonna die which is so bad (laughs) no 100 percent, it's not i get you you just keep building up to this like massive thing and then it's like your life is on hold until it happens like everything is paused until it happens 
definitely and you just feel so bad for ever thinking that and I actually on grief could put a thing out recently where it was like actually like I want you to live but I want you to live a well life I don't yeah. want you to live this suffering hospice bedbound life because yeah. you don't want that and it's not it's going to have the same outcome so actually I'd rather it was you had a better death like there is it's yeah. possible to have a better death oh my god 100 percent. yeah so that was quite different and it meant we probably got to process the grief or process the fact he was dying more than mum and the fact that the hospice were there to support him and our family and me and they had amazing staff like from the counsellors to the receptionists to the occupational therapists like their staff team were so incredible I must mention my brother actually got support from them after my mum passing and he volunteered there so he was already like part of the family there and they were just so caring so that made a massive difference having a kind of a unit to kind of carry us through that and Mm. people that weren't afraid to talk about death so you have those like challenging conversations with someone that was really comfortable with it um and like you know when I was talking to the counsellor I was like you know my life's in Bristol and I'm trying to come back and visit but I don't know whether to ask work for more time off or I want to be there for my brother but I want to keep my life going like how do I navigate your own life to kind of lead (laughs) yeah so but it meant he he also got the support to do things like write us letters which I think was a massive thing for him because he saw what happened with mum and what would have helped him afterwards and he Mm. was thinking what could I do to help my family and I'm just in admiration still that he done that and that he just thought so much about how we would be afterwards and yeah so we managed to do like some nice things towards the end and have like a kind of little fundraising games night and things and kind of managed to say better goodbyes yeah however I wasn't there when he passed away I was back in Bristol and and it was kind of like I was okay with that because I was like that was just how it was meant to be like maybe he didn't want me there and that's okay Mm. and I was a lot more accepting of how it ended than with mum I was really angry and felt really guilty so that definitely was different afterwards it was also different that yeah definitely the age made it such a different experience but also the fact that it's obviously a different relationship like yeah actually I thought my brother was going to be there till near the end and the fact it happened twice I was like oh my gosh am I just jinx like what's yeah, going on but you must feel so frustrated at life yeah it's just yeah it just keeps throwing some yeah serious curveballs mm. um, and I must say after mum passed away it made me actually really nervous of life and kind of scared and I wasn't you know I was I was really sensible I didn't take many risks and I I'd always worried that I'd get ill and just wanted to control everything and I think that's where the anxiety came in yeah but actually after my brother passed away I kind of went the other way in that I was like well actually I still can't control everything even though I tried I life is short and I might as well make the most of it and do Mm. not you know go wild but enjoy (laughs) it and stop try and stop worrying about it so much because actually yeah the worry doesn't change it it just prevents me from doing what I want or enjoying it so actually my mindset changed and whether that's because it was the second time or I was older I don't know ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Um, so that's kind of how it impacted me in terms of support though and how I dealt with it oh I found everything I could after my brother passed away (laughs) like compared to when I was 14 and I didn't know what was out there and you know going on well Instagram wasn't a thing yeah it wasn't even a thing (laughs) yeah oh my gosh yeah um (laughs) but yeah there and and also at that age like I would never have talked talked to a a stranger online whereas Mm. now like I talk to so many people on daily <laughs> and it's amazing they're all amazing like it's amazing yeah. to meet so many people doing stuff for like the grief community and um but the main things I kind of got involved with were a few charities that did retreats or like young people meetups and meeting people of a similar age going through similar life experiences losing similar people they described how I felt in so much clearer ways that made me feel so seen and understood and like I was normal and all the silly Mm. things I was worried I was thinking they were thinking too so that was just grief it wasn't me being weird or anything (laughs) it was just normal um Mm. and I just I just made my I made sure I had a network and spaces so that if I couldn't talk to my friends and family because it was too hard there was space to because I just couldn't have the same experience but kind of double and for a second time like it just yeah I wasn't having that yeah no absolutely not I think it does help being older doesn't it like you are kind of more in control of what you do like if people around you aren't talking about it you know that you can find people that are um so I always feel like losing somebody such a young age must be you're just thrown into the deep end and just kind of expected to crack on when you're you're so expected to just like it's normal because your life's set out until you're 18 like it's just yeah like yeah you don't have much freedom to choose much whereas yeah once you're an adult it's yeah it's it's more up to you to think actually do am I ready to go back to work or what what support can I get and I think teenagers are really a bracket that are left out in a lot because massively like children obviously you've really got to adjust your language and think about how you're going to support them and obviously that's tragic for a child that young to lose a parent and things but I think there is like right we need to do something whereas teenagers it's kind of like well they just need to carry on kind of Mm -hmm. thing yeah I think it's like teenagers to like young adults it's kind of like there you go and like as a young adult people look at you like oh well you're old enough to cope now and it's like "Mm, honey you've got no idea (laughs) yeah absolutely not yeah as a young adult you're still like in like a rare situation that you're navigating 
like your career path or your like mm. what you want to do in life and you know having such a huge loss isn't the norm and it it's still so isolating even now like I still don't know I know a few more people but I still don't know many people that have lost in like kind of someone so close without the grief community like mm, yeah same um, it's mm. still you're still in the minority yeah we're at the party early is what I like to say <laughs> a very shit party at that but still yeah we're there early <laughs> we'll, we'll be pros <laughs> so taking it back then to Instagram and the grief community and just the just amazing place that that is what made you start like the grief kid account and what is the inspiration behind the little cartoon character because I absolutely love it it's such it's such like like a simple concept but so impactful thank you um oh gosh I'm trying to think where it started so I think once I joined the charities and I saw like they had Instagram accounts and Facebook and they did blogs and there were podcasts and I was like oh like there's so much great content um I didn't really know there was such a big community on Instagram until I actually started Grief Kid I had Mm. only seen like a fraction of it um and I did a blog and I was like yeah that was nice like I enjoyed getting that out but writing isn't something I'm like oh like I'm I love this or anything like that it was kind of like it was a nice one-off but I just thought, how can I express this? Because for me, grief feels like such a massive part of who I am. And that's mm. a really weird thing to like so express true. or deal with. I'm like, mm. actually, like, if you were to summarize me differently to all my friends, like grief would kind of, you'd be clear on who it was if you were talking about grief. Yeah. It would be me. Like, everyone yeah. keeps dying. Yeah. Um, so I was just like okay I could do something arty maybe like I quite like art and my brother loved art as well he loved comics or graffiti or he used to do some drawing as well of like little cartoons so I was kind of like if I was a superhero who would I be and at first I was like oh grief girl and then later on I was just like actually grief kid like I want it to be Mm. like really inclusive um and it not to be too personal to me but more someone that anyone can relate to and obviously it's it's all my experiences that I'm putting out there but I'm very mindful that just because I've had that experience doesn't mean everyone will like grief is so different but it's nice to make it a character that anyone can relate to any of the posts or they can actually say I don't feel like this I feel different and that's okay like it's it's a really nice space where people can discuss and no one's ever horrible to each other like it's the best online community and Mm. I've never seen anyone troll or be horrible like it's actually I'm like yes social media is doing good like (laughs) it's great um anyway so I was like right grief kids my character and I want it to be really simple because I actually can't draw that well um and then I thought orange is quite a a good color and it just kind of it just started building so I did a few sketches and I was like yep this is what she's going to look like um and it kind of grew from there and in terms of the actual content it's all the stuff that comes up in those conversations with people who have also been bereaved so the things like you know as people that have been bereaved we don't want to hear be positive or be brave Mm. or at least they're not suffering or you know it's going to be okay like it's it's a chance to say kind of what I used to be maybe too afraid because I didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings because all those comments come from a good place. They're never to, the intention is never to shut someone down. 
we've just got used to doing it in society and they're actually not that helpful yeah. um just like how how are you isn't usually meant like it's not actually opening a conversation yeah it's just a passing so I kind of wanted her to be quite blunt and to the point and be quite refreshing and saying really what the situation is so that people could be like yes that's exactly how I feel and I'm so glad someone else is saying that and someone feels that way because they might not have they might not get to say it or hear it in other contexts and obviously Instagram's quite relevant for young adults and yeah it just grew I just didn't expect quite the response to it and it's been great for me to have a space to put those thoughts out and to get feedback on some of them as well um, and kind of debate different topics but Mm. to feel like actually loads of people agree is really validating for me and I've had so many messages saying that people have felt validated by what I put out because they feel like someone else gets it and when they see loads of other likes they're like great loads of people get it you feel you feel seen more than anything like I just think the way that you write it like you can say so much in just a few words and even just in some of the images that you've got that haven't even got anything written on them like honestly I am like obsessed (laughs) with your page I think I think it's absolutely brilliant what you're doing and there are different mediums for different people and some people don't want to listen to a podcast some people don't want to read blogs some people just want to go on Instagram and look at something and be like I feel seen and that's it um it's perfect scrolling content when you're just flicking through oh my and you're God, like, massively oh, yeah that's that's what I'm feeling and I didn't really know that because I didn't know how to articulate it but yeah. that's that's what it is so yeah yeah and I think that's it I think I think it's really important for people to find what suits them and not to like feel like oh but everyone says reading books help mm. or Instagram helps whatever like someone mm. might you know clearly there are lots of people that love podcasts and that really helps them and it, it is it's finding the place that is it's easy and it's helping you to think about it and it's not too overwhelming or yeah it just suits you um because there isn't one size that fits all it's just being open to it I think it's the main thing and not avoiding everything to do with that topic and if mm. there's a medium that suits you that can help you explore every now and then when you feel able to then that's great and if mine's one of them then yeah it's fantastic and I will keep doing it as long as people keep kind of engaging with it or as long as it helps me to be honest even if no one (laughs) engaging with it if it helps me I'll keep going I feel like for me which is it's quite funny to say but I I don't listen to grief podcasts (laughs) like it (laughs) it's it wouldn't help me per se I don't think now maybe in the past but I think purely because I do the podcast now and because I'm in this space long form grief content for me is just too much it's too overwhelming it's too much to process it takes you I have to use too many brain calories to do it <laughs> um whereas stuff like yours and you know other accounts on Instagram where it's just like biteable bits of content what's the word bite bite size um it's like grief bite size like bbc bite size <laughs> grief bite size um, Ooh, that's a good one you wanna, that's good, that's, um, I, might, I might take that instagram that. Out quick um <laughs> but like that literally is you know that's just my example of how you know podcasts and blogs aren't for me but instagram accounts like yours are um yeah so it is, it is just brilliant and i think 
you know so many people get value from it so absolutely snaps to you do you do you do you find it taxing at all running that account definitely not in terms of the messages I've I I love like I've got a good level of messages I think obviously if there were loads and loads more it might be but I've got at the moment a really nice level that sometimes I'm asking questions on a story and I get a level of engagement that I can keep up with quite Mm. well and and I do love hearing from people and hearing them engaging with the content and I've actually made a few online friends from it which is bizarre but I love (laughs) um and yeah so that side of things definitely is fine I think there's there's always a few questions that I find quite challenging to answer because I'm very much like I'm not a professional I don't give advice I'm just giving my opinion and offering a space for people to talk about it and I'm really hot on that because I don't want anyone to think there's like set rules or that I'm telling them what to do or anything like that and I'm quite yeah mindful of that Um, but in terms of the drawings I think for the first few months I had quite a good routine and it was lockdown and it yeah it it was all going well and then obviously life's changed a little bit now so I'm kind of probably a little bit less regular at the moment um but actually obviously lead up to holidays and like I don't know just life happens and I'm like actually for me that's okay I don't want it to become something that I feel like is a chore and if I need a few days off or if I'm active for some you know, some days during a week and then quiet for a few, that's okay. And I won't, I definitely want to keep it up. So there is like stuff going on there regularly enough that if people are really following it, they're getting something back kind of thing. But yeah, I just don't want to, I just think a lot of people start up things and then they feel accountable or like that they have to do it and then they get stressed by it. And that's not good for anyone. Um, So yeah, I'm just going to keep kind of doing what I'm doing really and you know this week I've probably I'm actually a bit quiet because I'm doing a few recordings and things and also investigating if I can get um something to make me go more digital because at the moment Mm. I'm doing it all by hand and it Uh, that is taking a bit longer so if I can get digital then it would actually be quicker to do the drawings um, and maybe more fun who knows you'd have Um, templates as well that you can just like add to and yeah I just have loads of different little versions of grief kid that I'll put into a picture and oh, I'll be, when I rub it out I won't have to rub out I'll just yeah it will just be great because sometimes if you do a whole picture by hand and then you accidentally mess it up at the end yeah you've got to start again so I do really respect anyone that's doing it by hand at the moment like it's a lot longer and taking photos of the images to try and match up the lighting and the colors oh, I, bet. So hard. <laughs> I was like, wondering how you did it whether they're all hand drawn or digital or not yeah so they're currently hand drawn and I take pictures and then tweak the settings but as you'll see most of the orange color is different in each one <laughs> and that obviously it bugs me a little bit but I'm like okay nobody else cares don't like, worry <laughs> I need to not worry about it like it's not these things are extra resources and blogs and things for people to relate to and for me to share my experience it's not it's not a job and it's not like anything that yeah I need to be too serious about so yeah that's good but yeah hopefully I'll get digital and there'll be more and then Mm. that will reduce some of the time and mean I can keep up with it a bit more but Mm. I can't wait for a festive grief kid oh yeah yeah Christmas is a 
is not a good time for grief kids so there'll be plenty <laughs> of relatable content I'm sure um and well she'll get she'll get some sort of digital tablet or something at Christmas so that'll be her focus <laughs> Fingers um, and like yeah the the hope is eventually I like and I've floated this idea on the account is some sort of book like a little cartoon book love that, yeah um you know, you miss the men, but like grief kids. Yeah, <laughs> that would be cute. But you know, when you go to like, you go to um, gift shops, card shops, mm-hmm. and you see all those books around like self care or like those books yeah. that you gift people to read on the toilet, like jokes yeah. and things like, like that. Yeah, you know, you know, like the penguin books that are like, yeah, the oh, like girlfriend or stuff like that. Like they're like yeah, funny. Mom and all those, yeah. yeah. So something like that, but so like an adult's kids book nice. um so something like that but like the adventures of grief kid and just some of the cartoons in there and like the different themes so kind of when someone dies um you know years later how people are and yeah just lots of different topics there's so much then, scope there isn't there yeah so I'm hoping like that's that's another little dream but I never imagined doing anything like this with what's happened and actually like Obviously, I 100% take back my mum and brother, but it definitely helps Yeah, turning it into something. And that doesn't mean everyone has to turn it into something because there is no, you just because you've gone through something and you've received support, it doesn't mean you then owe anyone anything. Um, but I, I like, like grief has shaped me and giving back and helping other people go through the experience. If I can do something to help, then yeah that's great so I'd love to keep going and see how much of these things become a reality um and see how long grief kid sticks around for but I love it I can't wait to see what happens yeah just not putting huge amounts of pressure on myself so (laughs) (laughs) it's a balancing act (laughs) yeah you're preaching to the choir there yeah (laughs) I feel like I find this it's a really nice way to remember even though my mum and brother aren't in the material it's I'm speaking to new people and talking about them and mm. actually it's it's a lot of my friends and family even maybe mention mum and Liam a lot more because Aww. of the grief kid stuff because I'm like actually I want you to ask me about them yeah. so it you has kind of like you can kind of like passively aggressive give advice <laughs> exactly so it's definitely I've I've never spoken so much about my mum and brother and it's it's amazing because I just feel like they're still part of my life compared to when I was probably 16 and I felt like I didn't have a mum anymore and now I'm like I still have a mum and brother they're just not on earth right now they're hopefully somewhere else having a great time whatever your beliefs are but I (laughs) yeah yeah I hope oh I I feel like my brother would like it like he would be chuffed he made it into like a magazine for the hospice and he was over the moon so I think to know that he's inspired someone like this he would be really happy um but how do you do you find that kind of the podcast helps you feel connected or sometimes I don't really I I don't really talk about my loss that much on here I think because it would end up being very repetitive I suppose because I'm because I'm on every single episode (laughs) like we've heard that story before Kat like don't do it again (laughs) um I think it's it's difficult like it's very very time consuming for me like I think I spend over 15 hours a week um outside of my full-time job doing it um just because it's like 
it's talking to people, it's scheduling podcasts, it's recording podcasts, it's editing, it's making graphics, it's it's just a whole ton of stuff. Um, but at the same time, I know that I'm very blessed to be in this position where like, I can offer people something that I didn't have. Um, yeah. And also to talk to people, like I do absolutely love talking to Like Honestly, if somebody said to me three years ago, like, you're going to talk to a, a shit ton of strangers from all over the world that you've never met, never spoken to about their dead parents. I would have been like, that's fucking weird. Like, <laughs> shut up. Yeah. Um, and yet here I am. So, and like the conversations are so easy to have. And I think it just, it does show me each time, like without this podcast, I would probably never talk about my mum really. So in comparison to never talking about her to at least having a platform where I can if I want to like I would I would choose this any day of the week um so yeah it's just it's, what do you it's think a, she'd say to the podcast I don't know you know because <laughs> my mum wouldn't know what Instagram was or oh well, yeah my mum wouldn't either like um, I'm not sure I think <laughs> Yeah, well, to be fair podcasts weren't a thing my mum died about five years ago and podcasts weren't even a thing then really um but I think I think she would be proud of me for doing something positive with it and for like helping other people um yeah I, w- I would honestly I would love nothing more than to know I really would um it's shit isn't it it is and I think that that at the moment just reminds me of the fact that I know yeah so many people are finding lockdown and everything really challenging and the the potential not seeing family for Christmas and things Mm -hmm. and I think that that is horrible that is really rough but I think being mindful that you can still ring FaceTime Mm -hmm. write text those people is like do those things and remember anyone that has lost someone can't do those things and that that's definitely getting to me that's my kind of grief topic at the moment or the thing that's affecting my grief is definitely like I can't see my mum or brother after all of this is over and I can't see them any Christmas let alone this Christmas so Mm. just I get it I I I totally respect it It it's a really tough time for everyone and no one wants to be away from family ever so let alone being away from them forever <laughs> but yeah just be mindful of when you're talking to people that have lost someone that they will never get to see again that's big yeah it's not yeah. fair but it's yeah. yeah life is full of good and bad and I always remember that after a heavy grief time there is usually a, a lighter grief time oh, true. so it's all ups and downs and there's always and up on its way so oh, I love that thank you <laughs> nice little positive message um well going on from that is my final question for you um what would you say to other people who lost you know a parent at a young age or have kind of you know endured multiple losses what would you say to them with regards to like their grief journey and yeah you know what I mean (laughs) yeah um I think just definitely talk about it to to find a way to express it and not to push it away or ignore it and think that 
that's the best thing I think you know each their own if you think that is that's that's fine but there are spaces whether that's with your friends and family whether that's through art or recording yourself (laughs) giving a talk or uh dance or I don't know anything creative or just write it down express it talk like find spaces that other people who have gone through something similar will talk to you and there's so many places that you like now nowadays there are so much more there are charities and support groups out there that you can go to and talk to other people if you don't have a space already so don't feel like you're never alone there are always people out there and I think I said this another one at at worst if you have no one to talk to and you really do want to talk to someone the Samaritans will always listen and just if you're feeling alone try and reach out and find some spaces that you can then go back to and it's less daunting to like open that conversation because that's a safe space that you can talk about it um yeah so I think just find space that you can keep those people in your life because even though it's still hard losing them it's for me personally it's been so much nicer being able to talk about them more recently than it was pretending they never existed because that felt yeah just horrible so I think that's my my little tip perfect well that was brilliant thank you so much for taking the time and for telling me about your lovely mum and your brother um I have no doubt that they'll be chuffed with what you're doing and yeah keep doing it I'm so look I'm honestly so looking forward to seeing everything else that you're going to put on that page um and I bet everybody else's as well because it is fabulous and I can't wait to share this with everybody so they can hear more about how you got to where you are and stuff I think it's brilliant oh thank you so much no it was lovely to talk about them and to talk with you and hear about your mum too um and yeah it's great to be part of this community even though it's for sad reasons Mm. it's better being in in a club than being by yourself so yeah yes I think there's always someone there to turn to here in in the grief community thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the dead prank club podcast I so hope that you've enjoyed it and you found some comfort in the stories that you've heard here today. As always, I would just like to remind you that neither myself nor any of the guests that come onto the show are healthcare professionals. Therefore, if you do find yourself struggling with your grief, I highly recommend that you seek out professional help, whether that be from your GP or from the numerous charities out there that are available to you. Please also remember that you can reach out to us at any time on Instagram at DPC Podcast, on Facebook at The Dead Parent Club, and you can email us at dbcpodcast at hotmail.com. Alternatively, you can check out our website where a resources page is also available at www.dpcpodcast.co.uk. Also, please don't hesitate to contact me if you want to get involved in the podcast in any way, whether that be coming onto the show or to write a blog for us as well if coming onto a podcast isn't your thing. Thank you so much once again for listening and we'll see you next week. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 